Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from Healthnetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? Healthnetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains, as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. Healthnetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at healthnetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Give me a break. That's what we're going to do, Michael. We're going to be like accountants now in baseball. Better than this, guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and the FRS Network, and I'm your solo host today on the Draft Dudes Podcast, where I am going to dig into the AFC and NFC South divisions, work through each team, talk about where they are right now entering OTAs. You know, we've got some of the off-season work coming up here, uh, maybe a few late additions to each team. But, you know, for the most part, these rosters are set, and uh, we're going to start seeing what these teams are going to look like heading into training camp uh, where the preparations for the 2019 seasons uh, will fully commence. And uh, these two divisions are really interesting. And what I want to do is kind of take a look at each team, talk about some of the addition subtractions, as well as the draft picks and how they're going to fit into these teams and uh, spend a couple minutes on each one and uh, just kind of outline where they are right now. So let's start with the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South, a team that returns a ton of their starters from last year's playoff team, last year's team that won a playoff game. And then, of course, they dismissed Mike Malarkey um, and Mike Vrabel takes his place at head coach. And so – 
a team that has had success, that has a franchise quarterback in place in Marcus Mariotti, Mariota, excuse me, ideally the improved coaching staff will be an important addition to this team. Uh, I think they returned something like 20 of 22 starters. So a lot of continuity on this roster. And offensively, there's not going to be a whole lot different. Uh, I think the biggest thing is that running back where Deion Lewis is now the complimentary back to Derrick Henry. You no longer have DeMarco Murray in the fray. And I really like how Lewis and Henry have complimentary skill sets. You know, Henry's the between the tackles banger. Lewis is a more of elusive guy that can catch football. And and I love when teams are very intentional about having complementary skill sets at a position group. That way you can do more with your players. And so that backfield tandem behind a very good offensive line should be a really good duo. Uh, Receivers are interesting. You know, Corey Davis, Taewon Taylor both showed some promise last year. Both showed some inconsistency, some injuries both of them dealt with, but really those guys taking a step forward forward is going to be a very important part of this team uh, to get, you know, Marcus Mariota where he needs to be going into the next season of his career. And obviously him taking another step is important, but I think a lot of that's going to be contingent on those weapons proving they are ready to go and, and become the focal point of this passing offense defensively. A lot returns here. Uh, I think they've actually upgraded here the linebacker spot plugging in first-round draft pick Rashawn Evans to the second level of this defense. Wesley Woodyard's a good player, but he needed some help around him on the second level. They got it now in Evans, who has shown tremendous growth from 2016 to tw- or from 2016 to 2017. And uh, athletic, you know, he can win in space, win in coverage, play into the line of scrimmage, extremely physical. He can be that tone setter on the second level to complement what's happening up front, led by Jarrell Casey. Love the Harold Landry pick for them where, you know, both Arakpo as well as Derek Morgan are aging. They're free agents. Harold Landry immediately becomes that third pass rusher but can be part of the plan moving forward. A good variety in terms of skill sets with, with who's rushing the passer in Tennessee. And then obviously Adoree Jackson, Kevin Bayard, both of those guys should be taking another step forward. And then Malcolm Butler, the big free agent pickup. So this team is very complete. Um, a few, you know, the biggest question marks are these, all these weapons working together, working together on offense. Obviously, the coaching staff coming together here and, and putting all the pieces together. But you know, for a team that had success last year, I think they're going to have success again this year. And uh, uh, this is a team to watch in terms of com- competing for the division, uh, if not a wild card spot. The, the reason I'm not overly optimistic that this is a favorite to win the division is because the Jacksonville Jaguars are in this division. And they are just a, a stacked roster. And uh, looking over the Jaguars here, I think receivers is the big conversation piece on, on offense. Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, no longer part of the equation. So, you know, Marquise Lee, Dante Moncrief, those guys, D.D. Westbrook, who's shown some, some promise. Those, those are the guys. And adding D.J. Chark to the mix here with one of their draft picks, was a good pickup. I love his vertical ability. I love him as a blocker. And for a team that's going to be a power run team, you know, having a guy like DJ Chark who can get deep and separate and, and be an asset in the play-action game but also hit blocks in space to help those running backs continue to create once they break the first level or when they're pressing the boundary, I think that is going to be a very useful skill set to this wide receiver group. Also gives them some size. 
Offensive line, obviously, the Andrew Norwell pickup was a big one to solidify, to round out this group. Uh, you know, A.J. Khan at right guard is a player who's probably going to need to take a step forward. But I love the pick in Will Richardson as a developmental guy where, you know, he certainly has all the tools to play tackle. But if there's a, a guy in the wings, a guy that could really pr- push for a job here, you know, Will Richardson's that guy. I don't know if it's year one, but certainly year two, year three. Uh, Blake Bortles has got to play better, right? I mean, this is a team that went to the AFC championship game with Blake Bortles as a quarterback, and every piece around him is in place for him to have success. You know, playing mistake-free football for him and hitting a few throws per game is all he really needs to do. He just can't screw it up, and and too often, you know, Bortles was loose with the football. You really questioned the decision-making that he had at times, but, you know, they've, they've signed him to an extension. He's their guy for the immediate future, and him playing well, is going to be important for this team. Obviously, Leonard Fournette coming off a 1,000-yard year in his rookie season, one of only nine running backs in the entire NFL to produce 1,000 yards. Him continuing to grow is going to be a big part of this offense, but every piece is in place for this to be a good offense. I think Blake Bortles does hold them back a bit, but um, by and large, everything else is in place offensively for the Jaguars. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Looking over this defense, this is a stacked defense with physical, big, athletic dudes at every level. Defensive line is stacked. I mean, they drafted Taven Bryan in the first round, and it, it just took this to a ridiculous level. Calais Campbell. Malik Jackson, Marcel Darius, Dante Fowler, Taven Bryan, Yannick Ngakwe. It's just layer on top of layer of good player inside and outside. Guys that can plug gaps, guys that can rush the passer, guys that can penetrate. So good luck to your offensive line going up against this Jacksonville Jaguars defensive line because they are going to be a mismatch for nearly every team in the NFL. And Taven Bryan makes this an even deeper, better group. Linebacker Paul Pazluzny, what a career he had. Uh, Buffalo Bills, Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, he he's he's hung up his cleats. And so, I like what they did last year in drafting Blair Brown to be his replacement. Um, I like Blair Brown. Uh, I thought he definitely was a guy that could start in time. Well, his time has come, and you plug him in between Telvin Smith, Miles Jack. I think it's a a fairly seamless transition. I just don't think you can replace the leadership how important Paul Pozlesny was to getting this team lined up. And so that's going to be the big task ahead here moving forward for Blair Brown or if that's Telvin Smith. But, you know, Blair, Blair Brown's got big shoes to fill. Pozlesny had a great career. And uh, this is how the NFL works. You have guys waiting in the wings, guys that need to step up and produce and replace guys 
that either retire or, or you have to move on because their contract expires or you're just running out of cap space. But Blair Brown's going to be an, uh, called upon to answer the call here, and, and I like him a lot. I think he can be the guy. He just has to go out and prove it. Secondary, oh, wow, it's stacked just like every other position on this team except for quarterback. Ramsey, Bouye, a dominant pair of corners. Gibson and Church are, are veterans at safety. Then they add in Ronnie Harrison in the draft to the mix here, who you know, I think that he can play in sub-packages right away and certainly be a starter in time. So a tremendous draft, a tremendous offseason, a tremendous roster, a good coaching staff. I mean, the Jaguars are definitely – one of the contenders in the entire conference. You know, a return visit to the AFC Championship game is, is likely looking through this team. And uh, I think this this AFC South really comes down to Houston, excuse me, to Jacksonville and Tennessee uh, with Houston and Indianapolis looking on the outside looking in. Let's talk about those teams. Let's get into the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, obviously, with Andrew Luck coming back, that is critical to this team finding some success. This is an awful, awful, awful football team without him. You see how important he was when he wasn't in that lineup last year. And, you know, with Frank Wright coming in now as a head coach, I think he's going to be tremendous. I, I, I think he's going to be an outstanding leader for this team. And uh, it's just a matter of getting some talent for him to work with. And right now this is a lo- uh, a roster that is that has holes all over it and is lacking everywhere. So, I'm not going to try to sit here and beat beat these guys up too bad. I think everyone recognizes that they have a long way to go. So let's look at this team. And first of all, you know, the receiver group's pretty underwhelming. T.Y. Hilton, Ryan Grant, uh, that's about it. Some young guys they added, Deion Kane. I don't know, Darius Fountain. It, it, this, is, this is not a great arsenal of, of receivers in place. It's going to take some time to get this right. T.Y. Hilton's capable of having good years. Ryan Grant, I don't know what the appeal with him was in the offseason, you know, with how in demand he seemed to be. I don't think he's a viable number two. I think he's ideally a number four. They're counting him to be a number two. Offensive line, Quentin Nelson, that's a pillar piece. That's a foundational piece of this roster. My number one player in the draft that the Colts added, which is tremendous. And I think that when he can he can pair with Ryan Kelly, Jack Muhort to to give this team a really good interior three. Tackles, not so much. Anthony Costanzo is a, a player that I thought should be replaced for a long time now. Keeps uh, keeps having a, a death grip here on this left tackle spot in Indy. I think he is a liability, but he keeps you know they, he keeps staying and, and being a, the featured left tackle for, for uh, Andrew Luck. Uh, obviously, Denzel Good, he's had some flashes, but he's a highly inconsistent player. He's a replaceable player. So, uh, Braden Smith was added to the mix here. In the draft, I, I like that. Guy that has some upside to play tackle, had his best moments at guard, I thought, at Auburn. But uh, there's some pieces here, but it's all got to work together. And, and the, the tackle spot, you know, needs to, to be better. Those guys have to play better on the island. Uh, Eric Ebron, I think, is a good pickup for this team at tight end. I think that's a type of seam-busting guy, guy that can sit in zone, stretch the field that, that Andrew Luck needs coming back. And, and so, obviously, I think – his production could be at an all-time high if Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck. Looking at the running backs, I love, I absolutely love the Naeem Hines pickup. I think he's going to be a multi-purpose back. Yeah, return game, punt and kick return. He's going to catch the football. He's a home run threat as a runner between the tackles and pushing the boundary. And Marlon Mack's the guy who flashed last year. A lot of big plays for Marlon Mack behind Frank Gore. Now he's the feature guy. 
So you got Mack and Hines, and, and I really like that duo. Now we just need this offensive line to be good, and they have to respect the passing game. And so Andrew Luck's going to have to prove he's ready to go uh, and he's healthy, which has been a question mark for a while now. Looking at the defense, there's not a whole lot of excitable talent here. I'm not going to lie. I don't like I don't like their starters. I don't think if you mix if you mix these guys with another roster in the NFL, I don't think you're going to find a lot of these guys starting. Now, the funny thing is their defense wasn't bad last year, so it's interesting. Uh, we'll see how this works with Matt Eberflus, who's a, who's a 4-3 guy. Uh, you know, these these guys have a transition ahead of them. I think for a lot of them it really fits their skill set, but you're not going to see a lot of foundational pieces, guys that you're going to build around. I like Malik Hooker as a, as a potential, you know, building block of that secondary. Rangy guy, going to make turnovers, can win in single high looks. Quincy Wilson struggled to get on the field last year as, as a corner, and they need him to play better. They need him to be reliable. Nate Harrison I like as a uh, – as a developmental guy last year, and we'll see how he fits in. Maybe he can push Kenny Moore for that, for one of those outside jobs. But by and large, second level, I don't get excited about Anthony Walker, Antonio Morrison, and John Simon. Darius Leonard was a top 40 pick. They're relying on him to probably step in and compete. He probably can. This is not a good group of linebackers, so don't be surprised if Darius Leonard is not the starting Mike linebacker by the end of the year. Up front, Al Woods, Hassan Ridgeway, Jabal Sheard, Marcus Hunt. That's bad. That's bad. That's not scaring anybody. So long way to go for Chris Ballard and company on this roster. Not ready to compete this year uh, unless Andrew Luck is vintage Andrew Luck for every snap of the year. But uh, him working back into the lineup is going to be critical and doing that well. But uh, there's a long way to go in terms of building this roster around him. Let's flip over here to the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson, man. Oh, I miss watching him. He 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 was he was must see TV, and then obviously the the injury, the disappointing injury, derailed his rookie year. But uh, I hope he picks right up where he left off because he is a special football player. Um, I, you know the weapons are there for him. DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Bruce Ellington's a good football player. They add Kiki Kuti to this roster, uh, who I think is a fun pocket rocket type slot receiver. Can win deep. He can create after the catch. And I really like, actually, the, the Jordan Aikens pick in terms of a tight end that can really get deep, get vertical, a guy that, that Deshaun Watson can extend plays and find him. And so I really like his pass catchers at tight end and, and wide receiver. Uh, offensive lines is a big question here offensively. You know, Julian Davenport slated to play left tackle. That's that's a liability. They need Santrell Henderson to be good. He can be good. I watched him watch every snap of his career. He, he can be a good football player, but – um, you know, he's he's been inconsistent with some of the medical issues he's had, suspensions he's had, and, and they're really counting on him to fill one of those tackle spots. Middle threes, not not great, not bad. Zach Fulton, Nick Martin, Jeff Allen, um, those are just guys, though, in a lot of ways. So offensive line remains a question mark. I think Martinez Rankin is, is a draft pick that I like. I think he often offers some position versatility. I don't think it's out of the question for him to play at left tackle. Uh, maybe a better interior player, but I think that was a good pickup to this offensive line. Um, Lamar, Lamar Miller, Deonta Foreman. Foreman had some really good moments as a rookie. That's an okay tandem. You know, obviously you like to see them take a, a, a step forward. Obviously you like to think this offensive line could be better. But uh, full year with Deshaun Watson, what he offers, the, the amount of attention he should command from defenses, you know, it should open things up for these running backs. 
but uh, you know this this offense is about Deshaun Watson and him picking up where he left off where before he was injured and and if he does that then this is going to be a special offense. But you'd like to see some of the pieces on that offensive line have been better upgraded than than it was in the off season defensively. Um, you know, obviously JJ Watt. If this guy can be healthy and be JJ Watt, he's one of the best three defensive players in the entire NFL. I really like DJ Reader as an interior defensive lineman, a guy that can plug gaps, move a little bit. And then you've got obviously Whitney Merciless is a and you know Jadavian Clowney, your premier pass rushers, good tandem. Uh, looks like Bernard Drick McKinney's a guy that showed growth throughout his career. Zach Cunningham's a player I like last year. Uh, in the draft, and so I think he'll continue to get better and be a very reliable second-level defender. Don't sleep on Duke Ajayi for He was a late pick for for Houston. I think that was more about medicals, but very powerful, technically to refined player that would not surprise me at all to see him find production early in his career. I actually also really like Peter Columbayi, one of their late-round picks, as a versatile 3-4 outside linebacker. He can play in every role in space. He can cover. He can rush the passer. And I think that there's a lot to work with with him. I would not be surprised for him to emerge as a really important rotational piece early on and eventual starter. Um, secondary, I mean, Tyron Matthew was a big pickup for this for this defense. I thought if he can be, you know, what he's been, he's slowed down. Let's let's not pretend like this is the honey badger we've seen throughout his career. You know, he needs to, to get healthy and improve himself. And that's why he's on the deal that he's on. But you know, by and large, that could be a very big piece. I love the Justin Reed pick. He's a player I graded in the first round. thought that was a steal in the third. A versatile uh, safety. He could play man. He could play single high, split zones, obviously. And, uh, and so for the secondary, you know, Jonathan Joseph, Kareem Jackson, Johnson, Batamosi, a lot of guys that we're familiar with here. Um, and, and so everything working up front to complement the back end, I think, is the key. Um, Romeo Cornell get it going. I, I think this is a good enough defense. It's not great. There's still some some places where it can get better, but uh, you know I think it's probably an above average defense. Deshaun Watson being back is critical. This is a team that can win eight to ten games probably, um, but uh, you know competing with Jacksonville, competing with Houston, or not Houston, Tennessee, you know is going to be critical for them. They could be in contention for a wild card. But is this really a division that's going to produce both wildcard teams? Because I really think Tennessee is one of the favorites to secure one of them right now. But a lot of intrigue, a lot of star power, a lot of young star power in this AFC South. Let's flip gears here to the NFC South. And this is a division that's had a lot of parody in recent years. I've enjoyed watching it. And, uh, you know, we'll see. There's a lot of teams that are – rebuilding and transitioning more so than I think they'd care to admit. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it all comes together. Let's start talking about this division with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, coming off their, their Super Bowl year and then not so good. But, uh, you know, this is a team that returns a lot of pieces from those Super the Super Bowl year. And so putting it all back together and, and re- reestablishing itself is important. Uh, Calvin Ridley, the first-round pick, mixing him in with – Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu, that's a good trio of wide receivers. Should give Matt Ryan all that he needs in in, in the in weapons through the air to, to make an impact here and refine himself a little bit. Offensive line, a lot of some, some familiar faces that we've seen here. Uh, but this right side, you know, Brandon Fusco, Ryan Schrader, 
that's probably the spot where you say that you know, look, these guys, these guys need to take a step forward. Fusco was a was their big pickup this this off season. Alex Max, special center. Andy Levitre has been a, a reliable guard for a long time now. Jake Matthews, an emerging left tackle. It's a pretty good offensive line, but uh, you know, some some aging guys there and some guys that need to play better. Um, we'll see how Austin Hooper goes. I'd be interested to see if he could take a step forward this year. I think that will be important for this offense to kind of give them a, a true middle of the field option to complement their perimeter options. You know, Foreman and Coleman is, is a dynamic duo of, of runners. Uh, took a step back from where they were the Super Bowl year, but, you know, that's a good one-two punches there is in the NFL. So, look, uh, the weapons are there. The offensive line is okay. Offensively, they should be fine. Matt Ryan's a, a guy that's proven he can lead a team to the Super Bowl. So, uh, by and large, this offense is okay. Defensively, I was really concerned about who was going to start at defensive tackle alongside Grady Jarrett. like the Deidrens to not pick a lot in terms of him being a plug, letting Grady Jarrett be more of a penetrator. So, I like that interior duo. You know, Jack Crawford will probably take some, some reps there as well. But it's uh, not a lot of depth here at defensive tackle. So, that's a concern for me, and they're relying on – Deidre and Sonat really to step up right away and, and fill fill that uh, fill that shade technique. Allow Grady Jarrett to be the three technique. Derek Shelby, Brooks Reed, defensive ends. Obviously, Tock McKinley and, and Vic Beasley are the major pass rushers here. But uh, you know, this is this is a those two guys are are not necessarily guys that I'm super comfortable with playing on running downs. So a lot of rotation going to be happening here with this with these as edge defenders here, uh, which is pretty typical, I guess, for, for this style of defense. But, uh, uh, you know, obviously Beasley and, and Tock McKinley being the dynamic, speedy edge rushers is critical here for them to be able to get after the passer. Obviously, you love what you get from Grady Jarrett from the interior. Fast linebackers and, and Duke Riley and Deion Jones. I think Duke Riley's got to be better. I thought he has, he was not a great – I didn't think his tape was great coming out of LSU, and he had some warts last year as well. So he needs to take a step forward, but uh, Deion Jones, really good middle linebacker, covers ground. He, you know, he's more physical than I ever thought he would be at the next level. So he's obviously the foundation of the second level here. And then the secondary, you know, it's interesting they were banged up a little bit. Demonte Kazee has played some safety. He's played some corner, um, and so you, you know, finding him, finding out where he fits into this defense is going to be interesting this year. Cause I think he has a, has a home. Isaiah, Isaiah Oliver was a big pickup from them. He'll provide some, some competition at boundary corner. Brian Poole's a good slot. Desmond Trufant's outstanding. So uh, they got all the pieces there on defense. You know, I think the big thing is getting some consistency up front so that uh, that way the, 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 the DBs aren't having to cover for too long. I thought their pass rush failed them at times last year. Um, should be a good football team. You know, I can see them winning seven games. I can see them winning 11 games. Uh, we'll see how it all comes together. Let's look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I thought if there was any team, maybe in the league, that did a great job of attacking their weaknesses, I thought the Tampa Bay did that as well as anybody. Uh, this is a top 10, top 9 offense last year that, you know, should get even better as Jameis Winston continues his career continuing to work with Dirk Cutter. Um, you know, obviously, Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans are back in place. Chris Godwin has shown some promise. He'll probably emerge a bit more this year. Adam Humphreys in the slot. The tight ends, O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid is a outstanding duo for multiple tight end sets. The offensive line, 
Ryan Jensen was a big pickup for them, I believe, at center. Uh, and I think that he'll improve the interior offensive line play here. And uh, I thought Alex Kappel was a good draft pick for them to add competition as a developmental guy and uh, provide depth. And, and we'll see how he does in terms of acclimating from Humboldt State to the NFL. But he was really good at the Senior Bowl, and I like his tape. Um, I thought a big pickup for them, obviously, was in, at running back Ronald Jones in the second round. You know, this is a team that has had a revolving door at running back over the last two seasons. Ronald Jones can be a feature back in this league's outstanding vision. He has a, uh, the elusive traits. He sees the field so clean. And so uh, I think that translates right away. I wouldn't be surprised if he found a lot of production early on. So an offense that I think upgraded at the offensive line, that upgraded at running back, that was already the ninth best offense in the NFL with Jameis Winston continuing to get better. This is a good offense. And I think that will be the foundation of this team. Now, the reason Dirk Cutter is <laughs> is on life support for his coach coaching career here at Tampa Bay is because this defense was bad last year, and it needs to get better. And I thought they did a terrific job of attacking those needs, like I mentioned earlier. You know, they've added Vinnie Curry and Jason Pierre-Paul in the offseason. Bo Allen's a good football player they added. Mitch Unrein's a good football player they added. And then they went out and drafted Vita Vea to play alongside Gerald McCoy. Gives you an ideal one-tech, three-tech duo. You know, Vea's going to clog lanes, allow McCoy to penetrate. And Vea is athletic, he's big, he's powerful, and he's going to be a really good piece in the middle of this defense. Um, linebackers, same cast of characters we've seen for a while here. So, uh, you know, Quan Alexander, Levante David. We'll see about Kendall Beckwith. He's think he's had some injuries. He has an injury, if I'm not mistaken, right now. So we'll see if he's ready to go. But Jack Sitchie, what a great pick that was. Uh, he's a player, if he's healthy, which he struggled with the last couple of seasons at Wisconsin, but his tape, when he's on the field, he's a special player. Would not be surprised to see him carve out a role early, be a starter uh, by year two. But uh, I like him a- added to the mix here. And, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, Levante David and Quan Alexander being at their peak is going to be important to this defense performing at at its peak. In the secondary, I thought this team needed playmakers, and I thought they added him in Carlton Davis, who I think is a reliable press corner, guy that can really crowd routes early, work them to the boundary, boundary be physical, he tackles. Doesn't have great ball skills, but I think he gives him them a viable boundary guy opposite of Brent Grimes, which allows Vernon Hargraves to be versatile, to work inside in the slot more because he's not been great outside. More, he gets to play inside, I think that makes him better and it makes the, the Tampa Bay defense better by having a, a player more suited to play outside in Carlton Davis if he can win that job. MJ Stewart was another great draft pick who's a high-character guy that can play inside or outside, offer some returnability, can play the football, can tackle. You know, I think I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if Stewart really challenges Hargraves for that nickel job, but I also think he could play outside Jordan Whitehead is another good young safety to add what to what they add in Justin Evans. And, um, you know, I know that Chris Conti and Keith Tandy maybe are the starters at safety, but don't be surprised if Evans and, and Whitehead, you know, don't really push for playing time there. So um, uh, I thought they needed help in the secondary to go out and get Carlton Davis, Jordan Whitehead, and MJ Stewart I thought was terrific value and, and really helped them attack their, their needs. So – um, I think this defense is going to be a lot better, and it has to be. 
because <laughs> that really held this team back. I like this offense. It should be in a top 10 offense again. It should be an improved defense. It should be an improved team. You know, I think they can flirt with eight or nine wins, 10 wins if everything comes together. If that's the, that's what's interesting about this division. I don't think none of these teams, you really look at them and say, ah, this is a bad football team, you know, where, uh, you know, I definitely have some criticisms to hand out to, to the tech, to the uh, Indianapolis Colts in, in the AFC uh, South. Let's move on to the Carolina Panthers, my hometown team here in in the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, this is a team that is very much in transition in a lot of ways, you know, right down from the ownership to, you know, Marty Herney now being the full-time general manager. A lot of changes on this coaching staff for the second year in a row, but this time, you know, Mike Shula's gone, an offensive coordinator. Steve Wilkes is now the head coach in Arizona. A lot of his assistants left. Uh, there's a lot of new pieces. North Turner's the offensive coordinator. So, you know, the coaching staff, the front office, the ownership is in transition. And there's a lot of different pieces on this roster that's going to have to come together. And there's there's some issues on this roster in terms of depth, depth in some spots. So let's work through it, starting on offense. Cam Newton, quarterback, they're sound. He's he's fine. He That's the one spot on this team outside of defensive tackle where I, I feel really good about where this team is backup quarterback. No, I, they don't, they don't have a viable backup quarterback. If cam goes down, Garrett Gilbert's a quarterback that the season's over. So I don't know if they're going to make a run here for Matt Moore or something, but right now they need to do something to protect this team. And the event that cam Newton gets injured, because right now, Garrett Gilbert, Taylor Heineke is they You're not, you're not going to win any games with those guys at quarterback, but uh, let's look at these weapons. DJ Moore, their top pick, I think was sensational. Gives them, a, a three-level threat, a guy that can create it for the catch, win vertical, runs great routes, competitive at the catch point, good size, athletic. You know, he I think he can right away be, you know, one of the focal points of this passing game to complement what they have in Torrey Smith, which is a deep threat. Devin Funches, a possession guy, so did a nice, a really nice job here. Did Marty Herney in building a receiving core that offers complementary skill sets. Russell Shepard can now focus on being a special teams player, which is what he's best at providing depth outside last year. They counted him on him as a top two target. Curtis Samuel, we'll see if he can stay healthy and provide them an, a, you know, a gadget type player. Uh, Fred Ross is a guy that's interesting to me. And I know I'm getting kind of deep here on this depth chart, but Fred Ross, keep an eye on him. I think he can challenge for the number four job right away. I thought he had some really good moments in preseason as well as Demir bird. Who's a guy that flashed a ton last year. Let's look at this offensive line. I think this is one of the real big question marks of this team. Matt Khalil's got to be better at left tackle, especially for what they're paying him. He's a liability. And uh, he's a guy that's familiar with North Turner, and he struggled with North Turner. And, you know, I, I think the, his career is somewhat defined. I don't think he's going to really reinvent himself. He's going to be a bit of a liability, but he's got to play better uh, for, for Cam Newton to remain upright. Uh, left guard, I think that Taylor Moton is the guy that needs to to emerge there. Uh, right now, that's a big hole that's left with – you know, Andrew Norwell's departure to the Jaguars, they didn't really fill it. Jeremiah Searles is not a player that, that needs to be getting time as a starter. Hopefully Taylor Moton can win that job. If not, maybe a Dorian Johnson, the guy who I liked a ton coming out of, out of pit last year, and Tyler Larson who saw some time. So there's a lot of names in play for this left guard job. We'll see who emerges. I like Moton or, or Dorian Johnson. You know, Ryan Khalil, his, uh, his farewell tour begins. He's going to retire at the end of the year. If he can stay healthy, he's fine, but that's been a struggle for him over the last several years. Trey Turner's a dominant right guard. Daryl Williams played like a top-ten offensive tackle last year. He is entering a, a contract year, so 
be interesting to see with him what happens with him. I don't know what the replacement plan is. Uh, could be could be Taylor Moton, but right now they need him at left guard, so we'll see. Uh, you know, Greg Olson, tight end. Him being healthy this year is going to be a big a big factor with this team. Uh, they missed him last year when he went down, and I thought they did a good job of adding Ian Thomas in the draft, who could be an ideal number two tight end. They can go multi multiple tight ends, and he can be a guy that can win inside or in line as well as flex as a blocker or receiver. I love the C.J. Anderson pickup to complement what they have in Christian McCaffrey. I think that becomes a strength of this team, giving them a one-two punch. Anderson is the bowling ball between the tackles. McCaffrey, the elusive guy that can win in space, but also between the tackles and pressing the boundary. He's a top-ten pick. He needs to be able to do everything. And uh, and I really like what they've done here with this backfield. Obviously, moving on from Jonathan Stewart, who's been a foundational piece of this team for a long time. But uh, – you know, they needed to get younger. They needed to get cheaper <laughs> at running back. And so I think they've done that. They've done well to set themselves up this offseason. Um, offensively, you know, the big thing is how does Cam Newton and North Turner work together? It's a, it's a really different stylistically in terms of what Cam's done in the past. I thought he had, you know, him and Mike Shula. I know there's a lot of criticisms handed out to Mike Shula, but those guys knew each other inside and out. And so. You know, he's got to acclimate himself to, to Norv. Norv needs to acclimate himself to Cam, and let's see how this thing works. Cam basically enters the season healthy, which is very different from last year where he dealt with multiple injuries entering the season, really missed all of the offseason before he was able to participate late in training camp. You know, he I, I was at camp last year. He was not participating. And so uh, yeah, it's going to be big for him to be part of every part of the process this year Defensively, uh, you know, another coaching shift here with Steve Wilkes departing. A lot of the same players available with with some new talent in some places. Um, the big thing here on the defensive line is Starlo Tulele has moved on, signed a big contract with the Buffalo Bills. They replace him with Don Terry Poe, who's an athletic freak. He's huge. He's not been very consistent. He's had a couple of different teams move on from him in recent years, but Carolina gave him a fairly lucrative contract to work alongside K1 short. If Don Terry Poe is on, that is a really good duo. Vernon Butler becomes the, the rotational third defensive tackle. Excuse me. Had to take a sip of water there. Uh, Julius Pepper still plugging away. Hall of Fame player. He's still producing. And I thought last year, Steve Wilkes did a terrific job of using him at the right times and the right situations to maximize what's left in the tank. We'll see how that continues this year, but uh, he showed he showed a lot of ability in how he was used last year. Obviously, Mario Addison is a good football player. Not a lot of depth at defensive end. They need uh, Deshaun Hall to really emerge to be that third guy in this rotation. Linebackers are set, except for Thomas Davis is suspended for the first four games of the season. Uh, you know, Luke Keekley, obviously a top five defensive player in the NFL. Shaq Thompson is getting better and better. So it's going to be about what's going to happen with Thomas Davis replacing him early on. That's probably going to be David Mayo. But the long-term plan that's going to be interesting, is that going to be Marquise Haynes or Jermaine Carter, one of the guys they drafted last year? Or or is that a David Mayo situation where he really just emerges and takes that job long-term? We'll see. Uh, but that's a good trio of linebackers. They've got good depth. They've got interesting depth, and I like what the way that it looks on the second level right now. At cornerback, James Bradbury. Got to be better. He had a great rookie year, struggled a bit as a sophomore. Hopefully it all comes together because they need him to line up with these outstanding receivers in the division. He's got to face Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, and uh, Julio Jones. 
That's that's six of his games every year against those guys. <laughs> that is uh, that is not an enviable spot, but that's what they need him to do. That's that's what's on his plate every single year. Uh, and there's going to be some ups and downs with that, but um, he's got a big task ahead of him in terms of emerging. Uh, on the other side of him, Ross Cockrell, Kevon Seymour, we'll see who wins that job. But I thought they did a really good job in the draft in adding Rashawn Golden, adding Dante Jackson to this, to this uh, secondary where they've got guys that can do different things. Jackson's a twitched up. He's fast. He can run with anybody. He's got ball skills. He's got some physicality despite being really small. But in terms of a slot role, I think he can really help. And, and so he's in competition probably with Corn Elder and, and Kevon Seymour to be the nickel. Um, Rashawn Golden, I think, is probably better suited to play safety. He can provide competition right away for Mike Adams and Colin Jones, who are 100 years old combined. And so we'll see how Golden fits in. But I think he's got a lot of upside there as, as a strong safety and eventual successor to Mike Adams. Denora Searcy's a – He's had some success in the NFL, but he's a, a bigger guy that's more of a box safety. So not a lot of speed at safety, but they've got some, some veteran know-how and, and a young guy in Golden who I think can help. Uh, you know, Panthers typically have a good defense. You know, the reality here is Ron Rivera has been the consistent here. So despite you know losing Steve Wilkes and Sean McDermott in back-to-back years, you know, Ron Rivera still you know very much involved. He's a head coach of his football team, and so hopefully he can provide that continuity that's needed for this defense to continue to be one of the better units in the NFL. We'll see how this all comes together. I can see the Panthers winning seven games. I can see them winning 11 games. This is a team that's never had back-to-back winning seasons in its history. So could this be the first time that happens? We'll see. I don't know. Uh, there's not a lot of depth on this team. The starting starters are okay. There's some spots where they need some guys to emerge, a lot like a lot of teams. But uh, you know, this to me, the the this team is about Cam Newton and Norv Turner getting it figured out, figuring out what works for each other, and making sure this offense keeps running. I think they'll be okay on defense with Ron Rivera and a lot of the talent that they have in place. Last but last last but not least, excuse me, the New Orleans Saints who. Um, I don't know if I'm friends with New Orleans or not, but because uh, I was so critical of their draft class, especially that move to part with two first-rounders to go up and get Marcus Davenport, who I don't think helps them right away. I think he needs a lot of work, but I think in time he'll be good. But this Super Bowl window right now exists with Drew Brees, who's aging, and you just wonder how much left he has in the tank. Still playing at a high level, but how for how long, I don't know. But uh, they've – They've went all in on winning now. And so having a sensational year last year, a lot of returns on this draft class from 2017, you know, they'll need them to continue to get better. You know, look at looking outside, it's a lot of the same same weapons they had, you know, in, in Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn. Adding Cameron Meredith, I think, is a really good pickup for a slot receiver. And Willie Sneed, they moved on. Traquan Smith was a good draft pick. I think he can win on the boundary and allow for Cameron Meredith to Ted Ginn and Ted Ginn to really focus on working from the slot offensive line remains intact. You know, they should, e- should get even better here with Ryan Ramchek in, in year two. Um, and, uh, you know, Andrews Pete continues to emerge here as a guard to Ron Armstead at tackle. I mean, I think this is a pretty good offensive line. Max Unger, Larry Warford uh, added will clap late in the draft who I think gives them a versatile player uh, could play every position uh, on the offensive line. So, uh, they're they're pretty well set up front. Obviously, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram is a, is a dynamic pairing of running backs. We just found out today that Mark Ingram is going to be suspended for the first four games of the season. 
So this will be the Alvin Kamara show early on. They'll need you know, Daniel Laskow and or maybe Jonathan Williams to really step up in his in his four game absence. But you know this this offense should be just fine with Sean Payton and Drew Brees and Kamara, Michael Thomas, a good offensive line should be one of the better units in the NFL. And of course the, the how how solid a Drew Brees football team is in terms of situational football. Defensively, they made a lot of strides last year, but this is a team that still needs to take a step forward. I thought solidifying a pass rusher opposite of Cameron Jordan was very important. DeMarcus Davenport's going to be asked to, to be that guy. Uh, Alex Okafor is a good football player. Um, I actually like Trey Hendrickson a ton uh, last year, the draft pick they had. We'll see how he emerges. But they've got some options, but not a whole lot of you know overly exciting options opposite of Cameron Jordan. Defensive tackles, the spot I thought they could have gotten better in the offseason. Sheldon Rinkins really emerging, I think, is going to be important. But they're really counting on you know David Anyameta and, and Tyler Davison to continue to be their guys in the middle. Um, at linebacker, I liked the Demario Davis pickup. I really do. I thought he had a good season for the Jets last year. I think he'll be a nice addition to this defense, along with A.J. Klein, who had some positive moments last year. And then we'll see what happens at the other linebacker spot. If Alex Anzalone can be healthy for the year, I think he's outstanding, um, you know, with some key reserves being Manti Teo, Craig Roberts, and those types of players. But uh, I think they'd love for their, their trio of backers to be Klein, Davis, and Anzalone. Those guys need to stay healthy. Secondary's looking pretty good. Marshawn Lattimore had a special rookie season. They like Ken Crawley opposite of him. They've got some pieces in terms of depth in Delvin Bro, Patrick Robinson. Uh, so they've got some, they got some dudes here at cornerback and then they've got a lot of PJ Williams as well. got to mention him, but they've got a lot of, a lot at safety as well. I really like what, what this depth chart reveals with Marcus Williams is the free Von Bell as a strong, you've got Kirk Coleman, a, a veteran behind them to, to play in sub packages and, and really, really probably be a feature guy in dime looks. And so, you know, they got some pieces on, on defense, getting some more production out of the guys up front, staying healthy at linebacker, uh, to complement what exists in this secondary, I think, is what's really critical here. Saints should be 9-10-11 win team. Uh, hopefully the, the Kamara, or excuse me, the Mark Ingram loss early on doesn't doesn't bite them too hard. But uh, long term, I think they're going to be just fine here throughout the course of the season. And so who's going to win the NFC South? I don't know. Could you, could, you, could, could you realistically look at any one of these four teams and say, yeah, they don't have a chance? I think probably the favorite is the Saints just based on the success they had last year and a team that should be better. But don't sit here and tell me that Atlanta or Carolina or Tampa Bay couldn't make a run at this. I think Tampa Bay is an X-factor team. Look at them last year. Everybody thought they were going to be the, the toast of this division. They didn't. That didn't happen. But that defense is better, and that offense is already good, and it got better. So don't don't sleep on the Bucks, Carolina. You've got you know Ron Rivera, one of the better coaches in this league. Cam Newton, former NFL MVP, one of the best defensive players in the league. And, and Luke Kegley, you know, there's just no way you could write off any one of these teams. This would be a highly competitive division. You know, I think they're going to have a wild card team come from this division. You'll see two of these teams go to the playoffs. And uh, this is going to be one of the funnest divisions in the game to watch. We'll see. We'll see. I know there's a lot of parity in this NFC with teams like the Eagles and Vikings and Rams really emerging, even the 49ers. You know, and so you've got some teams here that have been perennial, very perennially very good in Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans, typically a pretty good team, that are trying to stay relevant with some of these young up and coming teams. So uh, the best way for those teams to get the, to, for these teams to get in the playoffs is win the division. 
Uh, and, and we'll see. It's going to be a fun ride here in the, the NFC South. Probably injuries will come into play, but right now everybody's basically healthy. That's going to do it for us today on the Draft Dudes Podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Like Kyle and I have told you all year long, we're not going anywhere. You know, I know the draft is, is now in the rearview mirror, but we're going to talk football for you three times a week, 52 weeks a year. So make sure you hit the subscribe button and keep it tuned in. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Joe Marino. Love talking football with you there. Interact with me. Ask me questions. Let's talk. Uh, that's why that, that Twitter machine exists to interact. So I'd love to interact with you there. And Kyle and I will be back together for you on Friday. So make sure that you are subscribed, and we'll talk to you then. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.